everybody, and welcome once again to the Hands-On Theology Podcast, where we try to take the truth that we find in the Bible and make it practically applicable to our everyday lives. I'm John Davis. I'm the senior minister here at Columbia Christian Church in Columbia, Kentucky. I am here with... I'm Jennifer. I'm John's wife. And today we want to talk about how should Christians think about the Sabbath, uh, one of the, the triggers, if you will, for us to record this episode is Jennifer and I kind of had a Sabbath forced upon us uh, recently. Jen, can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? So we had COVID. Um, our little boy got diagnosed with COVID, and then we all, um, John and myself, and then our daughter got sick as well, um, and we were quarantined at home for a number of days, so we had a couple weeks there where we weren't doing a whole lot of anything because we couldn't. A lot of rest, a lot of downtime. Um, I think, it, just so everybody knows, we were fine. Uh, it was really mild for all of us, but it ended up being kind of an unexpected gift from the Lord. Um, it almost felt like uh, Christmas break before Christmas break, uh, but it was just us and our families. We actually missed Thanksgiving with all of our families because we had it over Thanksgiving, but um, we're all doing fine, and um, we know it's it's a lot worse for some people, so it wasn't bad for us. We're we're thankful for that. So today we want to talk about, in light of that, we, we thought it'd be good for us to talk about, okay, how should Christians, New Covenant Christians, think about this principle in the Bible of the Sabbath? It's all over the place in Scripture. Uh, and so we need to ask that question, and we want to ask, uh, there, are, there are different opinions on this, how should we think about it today as Christians? Uh, so I'm going to kind of let Jennifer... Um, kind of oversee the conversation today, so to speak. She's going to uh, ask me questions, and we're going to kind of try to approach this theologically uh, and then approach it very practically as well. So I think we should start off by talking about what does the word Sabbath mean? Because I think in our minds, and at least for me, this is how it was until you helped me dig a little deeper, and I've dug a little deeper on my own, that Sabbath just meant Sunday. And that's not the case. So can you kind of just tell us what the word Sabbath means? Okay, so real quick flyover Bible lesson here. We go all the way back to the the, the story of creation in Genesis 1, uh, and at the end of the six days of creation, God rests on the seventh, uh, and he makes the seventh day holy. Now, it's not until the covenant with Moses and the law given to Moses on Mount Sinai that God actually institutes the Sabbath as a law for his people. Uh, and so if you remember the Ten Commandments, one of the Ten Commandments is honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. There's supposed to be one day out of seven where the Israelites do not work. After that, you had uh, an example of the people in the wilderness, and manna would come down from heaven every day. But the Lord told them, uh, when manna comes down on the sixth day, you should gather twice the amount and hold it over for the next day so that you don't do any work on my special day, God says, the Sabbath. Um, any other days that the people tried to gather two days worth, it would rot and it would get you know festering with worms and stuff. But on that sixth day, God in uh, his miraculous providence would not only give them the manna, but let it last for an extra day so they wouldn't have to do any work on the Sabbath. Uh, and then the real key for our conversation here is we come to the New Testament. And then when you come into the New Testament, the question is, what is the Sabbath? Uh, is there a Sabbath? How do we as New Covenant Christians think about the Sabbath? Because in the Old Testament for the Jews, the Sabbath was Saturday. 
and the Saturday was the seventh day of the week, just like God in six days created and then rested on the seventh. The Sabbath day for the Jews in the Old Testament was a Saturday. So what do we think about it here in the, the New Testament? So is that a, Jen, is that, you think, a good overview on kind of what it is, just setting well, the stage? Well, and let me ask you, because I think even more specifically, even Jews still celebrate um, or observe the Sabbath now, and doesn't it start on like Friday evening and it goes to Saturday evening? Isn't that correct? Is, yeah, is Jew- that how they observe it? Yeah, Jewish days, and you'll see this in the Bible even, Jewish days um, start from sundown to sundown. So that, that would be a full day. So they don't, um, they don't do days, they wouldn't consider days, at least in that ancient way of thinking about it, they wouldn't consider days like we do today. It would be sundown to sundown. Okay, so, and I think they still, they observe it sundown to sundown, at least um, Orthodox Jews still observe it that way, and um, I, and I'm not an expert on any kind of Jewish history at all, but um, isn't it called Shabbat, and they observe it, and I think they do a lot of different things um, in addition to having a meal, but there's a lot more religious um, observance to how they observe it. So again, I'm not an expert, but... Yeah, and there are small groups of Protestant Christianity today that still observe a seventh-day-of-the-week Sabbath, and particularly you might think of Seventh-day Adventist churches, where they have a day of rest and worship, and it's a very uh, Old Testament, Old Covenant, honoring the Sabbath day as the Old Covenant put it, as it's put in the Ten Commandments and the Law. Uh, But they're called Seventh-day Adventist churches because they worship and rest on Saturday and not Sunday. Now, those churches, we would still consider them kind of within the um, the parameters of orthodox evangelical Christianity, so to speak. Um, but that's a big difference that, you know, a church like ours would have with a church like the Seventh-day Adventist churches. Every now and then you'll see a Seventh-day Adventist church uh, be used by a, a group doing church planting because they know that that group's not using it on Sundays, and so they will use it on Sundays for for worship if the church is okay with that. So there are small groups today who still observe a, a Saturday Sabbath, but most New Covenant Christians do not anymore. Okay, I think that's, yeah, that's a good overview. Um, but so now let's shift gears a little bit and talk about how do we think about the Old Testament law today of observing the Sabbath, but now in a New Covenant um, era. So... I'll give you a, later on here in the podcast, I'll give you a book recommendation that's helpful with this, but different people have different ideas on how we're supposed to think about the Old Testament law, and I'll give you mine, and then you can go kind of study what other people say and make your own judgments. But the the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, uh, was an Old Covenant law that God gave to Moses and the Israelites on Mount Sinai. So many of those things we see fulfilled in Jesus so that we don't do them anymore as New Covenant Christians. Think about sacrifices for sins, animal sacrifices. Think about observing the festivals like Passover uh, or the Festival of Booths. Um, And so there are so many things in the Old Covenant, uh, you could say food laws too, cleanliness food laws, that we don't go by as New Covenant Christians because Jesus was the fulfillment of of the Old Testament law. And so the proper biblical way, I think, to think about this is we are New Covenant, New Testament, those are synonyms, New Testament Christians 
going by the New Testament for our laws and commands that God has given us. Now, there are many of the commandments in the Old Testament that are reinstituted in the New Testament, uh, prohibitions against things like homosexuality or murder or lying, um, things like that that you'll, you'll find you'll find nine of the Ten Commandments reinstituted in the New Covenant in the New Testament. However, the one commandment of the Ten Commandments that's not reinstituted in the New Testament is the Sabbath. As New Covenant Christians, especially as Gentiles, we are not Jews, we are not under the Old Testament Jewish law. And so because of that, we are not bound by the Sabbath. The Sabbath in the Old Testament is a Saturday observance of a day of rest. And so, as New Covenant Christians, if you're working on a Saturday, if you're uh, doing things that the Old Testament would consider work, but maybe it's not your job, on a Saturday you are not breaking any laws of Christianity, of following Jesus Christ. So I hope that makes things a little bit more clear. We are not under the Old Testament law. We don't go by the Old Testament laws. We are under the New Testament and the commandments found there. Um, so what, it, I mean, and I believe that's true. What did Jesus, what are some examples of when Jesus confronted this in the New Testament where we see him um, maybe talking with the Pharisees about the Sabbath and what their laws were and how he dealt with some of those issues and with the Pharisees over this Sabbath law? Okay, so one of the things that you see as you read through the Gospels is Jesus almost used the Sabbath to, like, pick a fight with the Pharisees on the topic of legalism. Um, the Sabbath was kind of his issue, the number one issue that he would confront the Pharisees on. So he would specifically, intentionally heal people on the Sabbath, and it would uh, scandalize all the Pharisees around. And they would say, you, you, it's not lawful for you to do such things on the Sabbath. And then Jesus would reply saying things like, if, if you have an ox that falls in a pit on the Sabbath day, will you not go and get it out? Well, how much more should we not heal someone on the Sabbath and restore them to life? Because we would do so for our animals. Um, Jesus said in John five seventeen that like the Father, he is working on the Sabbath. Jesus said, I and the Father were both working on the Sabbath. Jesus said that he was Lord of the Sabbath. Once when the Pharisees were questioning him on the disciples, I think that was the instance where the disciples were picking heads of grain and eating them, um, and that was considered unlawful to do on the Sabbath. And Jesus told those accusers, I am Lord of the Sabbath. I am. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. We see that throughout the, the New Testament. And so, Jesus had a special bone to pick with the Pharisees on this, and Jesus famously said, the Sabbath was made not for man, but, or I mean, man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man, you, and the sense there is for the benefit of man. And so the Sabbath is not a legalistic regulation that we are slaves to, but when you consider the Old Testament law, it's not even a law that we're under at all anymore. Number one, we're not Jewish. Number two, you hardly find any Christians today arguing for Saturday as the Sabbath day. Interestingly enough, the the word Saturday comes from the root of the word Sabbath. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so tell us a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more about this, though. We, I know that the Sabbath is technically an Old Testament commandment, but what about the Lord's Day? 
And let's talk a little bit about the differences of those and how we observe the Lord's Day now in the New Covenant. Okay, so now we it, this is a good natural shift over to what about Sundays, right? Sunday in the New Testament is considered the Lord's Day. We've got a couple instances of uh, Christians gathering on Sunday, on the first day of the week in the, the New Testament. For instance, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, starting in verse 1, it says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do on the first day of the week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. Now this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth, and he's not just saying, hey, all of you in your own homes, uh, just take one, take the first day of the week, and that's when you're supposed to set aside a bit of money. Now he's talking about when they gather together on the first day of the week. We see this also in the book of Acts, chapter 20. So Acts chapter 20, verse 7, it says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, that's a reference to communion there, Paul talked with them intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. So I always like to say right there is, is justification for preachers to go on preaching until midnight on Sundays. Um, but no, nobody would like that. But that's the first day of the week. They're gathered together to break bread, and they're hearing Paul open up the scriptures to them, preaching a sermon. Um, so we find those two instances of Christians gathering on the first day, and then we have Revelation 1.10, where right at the beginning of John's vision in Revelation, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, that's all it says. It doesn't say on Sunday. It just says the Lord's day. But pretty much every New Testament scholar will agree that that day right there is Sunday, referred to the Lord's day because it's the day when Jesus, the Lord, rose from the grave. And so Christians, now in the New Covenant, do not worship on Saturdays, do not do as Old Testament Jews do and Orthodox Jews still do today, synagogue on Saturdays. We do worship on Sunday, the first day of the week, because it's the Lord's Day, the day the Lord rose from the grave. Uh, and that goes all the way back to the New Testament in the first century church. So the big difference, though, here is that Sunday being the Lord's Day, being a day that we commit to gathering with one another for worship and honoring the Lord, Sunday, nowhere in the New Testament is told, we're not told it's supposed to be a day of rest. You don't find that anywhere in the Bible, that Sunday is supposed to be a day set aside for rest. But what's happened is a lot of people, a lot of Christians have grabbed a hold of that Old Testament idea of the Sabbath and brought it over to Sunday so that um, now Sunday for them is the Christian Sabbath. I think that's a misunderstanding of the Bible. I see where it comes from, but there's nowhere in Scripture that says Sunday is supposed to be a day of rest. Well, so let's talk about that because, I, I mean, I was under that assumption as well for a long time and just till the last couple of years since um, we've talked more on this topic. So what should we be doing on the Lord's Day? Since many of us in our bringing up, if we've had a, a Christian upbringing, have, have thought, you know, this is our day of rest, what, what should we be doing on the Lord's Day? Okay, so since the Bible does not tell us much here, we've got to be careful of not becoming legalistic just like the Pharisees were on the Old Testament Sabbath. Um, the Bible doesn't tell a lot here, so a lot of this comes to prudence. The, the real question, I think, is how do you honor the Lord's Day as the Lord's Day? 
um, Revelation 1.10 uh, and those other texts in 1 Corinthians and Acts, I think they specifically show us Sunday is supposed to be a day that's different than the others, right? It's not the same as all the others. It's different than the others. But how? How do you honor the Lord's Day as the Lord's Day? And I can't give a lot of prescriptive, uh, I can't give any commands on that issue. I will say it seems clear from the New Testament. This is a day that should be, um, Christians should be committed to gathering with one another for worship and fellowship. Um, you know, you might think of Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and following, where they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the breaking of bread and to prayers and to fellowship. The Lord's Day is a day that Christians should give over to gathering with the Lord's people for worship. Now, this is going to look different in all kinds of different contexts, though. Uh, does that mean that you uh, must gather morning and evening? Well, there, there's no New Testament command for that. I can't bind your conscience with that at all. That would be unbiblical. Um, does it mean that you can't do any work on Sunday? Well, no, there's nothing in the Bible there. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a preacher. Uh, I'm a, a pastor. I'm breaking the Sabbath commandment every single Sunday if it's a command to rest on that day because that's the hardest day of the week for most ministers. So we don't have a command to refrain from doing work, but we do have an example, I think, and it's, I think it's a prescriptive, prescriptive example in the New Testament of honoring the Lord's Day as a day for gathering as God's people to worship Him in fellowship. Well. And that's, I think that's a really good way to put that so that we can, we have freedom in Christ, but also knowing that we have to, um, how are we honoring him? So there's a balance there. And, you know, as in many parts of scripture, sometimes there's not a lot of black and white, but there's a gray area and we have to um, wrestle with that, um, with God and with the Bible to understand how am I going to do this to bring glory and honor to God? Um, let's talk a little bit then about God did institute rest on the seventh day. And it's not because he needed to rest. He, he clearly didn't need to do any of that. But he gave it as an example for us because he made us. We are his creation. And he knew um, that we were going to need rest because our bodies are they get tired and um, our minds also get tired. There's, we just don't have, um, you know, we don't have eternal energy and, and that kind of thing to keep going all the time. So let's talk a little bit about rest and the importance of rest and how we should do that to the glory of God. Right. So as, as careful as I'm trying to be to stay away from making a commandment in the Bible of you must rest on Sundays or you must rest on a certain day because you can't find that for New Covenant Christians. So I'm going to be very careful not to make a command where the Bible makes no such command. But the Sabbath is an important principle that is still uh, governing this world, so to speak, in our finite bodies like Jennifer talked about. Remember, Jesus said the Sabbath was made for us, not us for it implying it's made for our benefit. We need rest, and you can imagine people in the Old Testament especially thinking, well, no, I've, I've got to work on Saturday. You know, old, old, old Covenant Jews, we've got to do all of the things that we do on Saturday because otherwise we won't have enough, otherwise we won't be productive enough, and God is saying, no, you trust me with that, and, and I will provide for you. I will provide more than you can provide on your own. 
But God is almost saying, I'm going to force a rest upon you because you need it and you don't know how much you need it, right? And so I've told people a lot of times, um, you either take a regular Sabbath or God will make you take a Sabbath because you will burn out. Your body will will shut down or you, sickness will happen or something, but you'll have a Sabbath forced upon you if you don't take enough regular Sabbaths. I think a wonderful kind of principle to go by in your life is one day in seven. I think it's a great principle to to use, but you don't need to be legalistic about this because there's nothing in the New, new Covenant that says that's, that's how we must follow Christ as Christians. Uh, but it's a wonderful principle. So the the principle of regular rest is something that all of us have to look at seriously and to make sure that we're not overextending ourselves and not taking the rest that we need. Otherwise, I think God's going to eventually make us take one, whether it's sickness or fatigue or whatever. Let's So let's kind of discuss that a little bit more, the topic of rest. I think maybe there's a misunderstanding sometimes thinking, well, that just means, okay, we need to go take a nap on Sunday or something, which is fine. We do that very often, but um, it's not only that. What are, what are some other practical ways of how you can rest? I'm just going to give an example for myself. I enjoy running. I've, I've liked running since I was in college. For me, that is rest. I know that sounds, for some people, they're like, I'm not going to run unless chased. But for me, that's a way to clear my head. It's a way to, um, I feel really good after I do it. And I feel, I, I can pray really well on a, a good long run. That's edifying for me. And I know that's not rest for some people, but for me, that's like almost an ultimate form of rest for me. So we, I think when you go throughout Scripture, the idea of rest is a concept of God's giving us a gift, right? And mainly what it's for is God intended us to have lives that are marked by work, by hard work, by exertion, and then our regular work is something that we take a break from to go do something that recharges us, right? Now, that might mean taking a nap. That might mean watching sports or whatever. It might mean reading a book, or it might mean doing your hobby, right? It might mean, um, I know like for my grandfather, his was woodworking. Uh, It might mean running like Jennifer talked about. Um, Rest is not just laziness or leisure. It's it's also recreation. And think about that word, recreation, recreation. You know, your rest is a form of recreation, recharging, getting ready to go back into the work that is to define our lives, you know, six-sevenths of the time or, or whatever, you know, you might, however you might put that. So I think it's more than just, like Jennifer said, more than just leisure, more than just laziness, but doing things that recharge you that are different from your, your normal work that you do most of the time. I'm going to shout out here, too, to moms and um, the reason I'm going to do that is because I feel like this is a hard thing sometimes for me to do because the daily grind of like dishes and laundry and those things, kind of like you said, we're not, the Jews were feeling like we're not going to have enough. We're not going to be productive enough. I feel that way sometimes that, okay, I, I can't stop because the daily grind of this, it's going to get backed up and it's going to get really um, hard for me to catch up. And I've, I've learned to try to step away from that and try to um, really catch up on one day so I can have a day off and 
not work as hard on that that one day of the week where I can recharge. So I, I just want moms to really try to step back from that. I know that's really hard. It's hard when you have children too, especially small children, because they require so much of your time. But if you can try to find a way where you can do that, I think that's really important because otherwise your mind also becomes, I, I become really frazzled and I don't think as well. And I feel more anxious when I have not cleared my head for a while. That's good. Um, so let's give a few final comments here. Um, and and I'll, I'll start and then you can give some as, as you, they come to your mind too. Number one, I, w- I want people to know, like, if you have a job that causes you to work on Sunday, there's a couple things that you need to think about there. Number one, do not be overridden with guilt because you feel like you are breaking the Sabbath law of the Old Testament. There is no law for new Christians when it comes to Sunday and rest. That You just can't find it in the New Testament. Um, now, culturally speaking... For lots and lots of years, especially in America, Sunday has been a day where like businesses were closed, and now all of a sudden with the, the secular resurgence in America, we're starting to see more and more people work on Sunday, more and more businesses open on Sundays. But when you study the history of Sunday, and I'll, I'll make a book recommendation on this here in just a second too, when you look at the history of Sunday, it wasn't until the Emperor Constantine in the 300s converted to Christianity that he started making laws that made it easier for Christians to gather on Sundays. It wasn't until then that he started making laws that certain things would be shut down on Sundays. But before then, that didn't even happen for the first couple hundred years of the church. And so this is nothing that Jesus himself instituted. It's not found in the New Testament, uh, a mandatory day of rest on Sunday for Christians. So I want, I want listeners out there to have the freedom to not be uh, enslaved to guilt because you might have to work on Sundays. Now, at the same time, though, those same people, you need, to, you need to think about how can you honor the Lord's Day as the Lord's Day? How can you make it a priority to gather with other believers in worship on the first day of the week as they did in the New Testament? Um, there are, I, I will say this, and I know this is stepping on some toes, but there are many people who take jobs without even thinking of the fact that those jobs will keep them from gathering with their church family on a Sunday. Um, and sometimes I think we need to step back and actually, you know, be willing to not take a job so that, you know, it won't prevent us from gathering with our church family on the first day of the week. So we need to think about both of those things when it comes to that. And I just wanted to kind of give a final thought there for people who are thinking about their own work schedules um, Jen, do you have any final thoughts that have come up in your head through this discussion that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, I think being mindful of it is important because if you just go about your day like you would any other day, even if you're going to church that day, but you start off your day just like any other day, it can be, um, I don't know, I just don't feel like you can honor the Lord in some of those ways. Like you could do it if you're mindful. And an example of this for me is um, I, I like to listen to a lot of radio. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I listen. To, I do a lot of podcasting. And in the mornings on Sunday, I really try to listen to a sermon and get my mind prepared for um, coming to church and being with my brothers and sisters in Christ because I'm trying to center my mind around God and not that we should not do that every day, but I'm trying to have a special emphasis, a special focus, trying to clear my head and get ready for that service. That has helped me a lot on Sundays to be more 
present at the service as well. So I don't know, just think about your daily schedule and really, even if it's something small, like, you know, um, saying a prayer before you walk into church just to help clear your mind, those things can really help to get you prepared, get your heart prepared for what you're going to hear. And um, one more final comment I'll make on just the practicalities of Sundays for Christians. Jennifer and I have two young kids, um, and so one of the things that we're committed to on Sundays is that our kids are not going to do sports on Sundays. So if they, you know, down the road get into some kind of um, sporting event, some kind of team that, you know, they say, hey, we've got games on Sundays or um, we've got practices on Sundays or and practices might be if they're local especially might be a different story but you know we're gonna do travel ball on Sundays or whatever I mean we're just kind of by default saying we're out on that and you know if that means our kid can't be on that team that's unfortunately that's what it means uh, I remember very vividly and this is a little bit different but when I was growing up um, and I was playing basketball all the time and I got on a really good basketball team one year, and a bunch of my friends were on it, and we were stacked, and you know it was going to be fun. We were going to beat everybody, we thought. And then um, turns out the coach said, hey, practices are on Wednesday night. And my dad told me, uh, son, I'm sorry, but Wednesday night is church night, so you're not going to be on that team. You're going to have to switch teams. And at first it, it really hurt me, but I've never forgotten that, and I've always respected my dad for calling that coach up and telling him, you know, my son's going to have to switch teams. I'm sorry. Um and it, it's just a commitment that my dad made that I've always really respected. So uh, we try to do that on Sundays with our own kids. Um, so you said you had some book recommendations about this topic. Can you give those to us? Yep. So let me give you three, and you might maybe just choose one of these because uh, they're all kind of different. Uh, but the first recommendation I'll give is by a guy named Justo Gonzalez. And his I think his, his name is Hispanic, so that's J-U-S-T-O. Justo Gonzalez, it's called A Brief History of Sunday. It's kind of fascinating when you read the history of the day of Sunday um, as it pertains to Christians, and that's how he wrote that. And so he's done a lot of good research on that. That's where I got that little uh, tidbit about Constantine in the 300s. Uh, the second book, and by the way, that book's not academic or anything. It's popular level. Anyone could read that uh, if you're an adult. Uh, the second book, a little bit a little bit more academic type reading, but if you are not sure on where you stand on this topic, and you perhaps even uh, disagree a little bit with some of the things I've said, there's a book edited by a guy named Christopher John Donato called Perspectives on the Sabbath. They, they got four authors to write four different perspectives for New Covenant Christians on the Sabbath, and one author will, will make his pitch, and then the other three authors will respond to his, and then they'll take those in turn. And that's a really helpful book because you get a lot of different perspectives, and then you can kind of decide, well, wh where do I fall on this? Uh, finally, another very popular level book, uh, really well written, is a book called The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. Now, that book is mo a little more focused on the idea of Christians needing to rest, and he will even make a case that, that Sunday should be a Sabbath. And so I disagree with him a little bit on that, but it's a really well-written book, uh, and I think you'll get a lot out of it just reading and thinking about this. So I'd say those three and maybe just you know pick the one that interests you most and read it, and you'll get something out of either one of those, any, any of those books. 
Um, thanks for the recommendations on the books. We also want to just wish everybody a Merry Christmas. We know that in the next couple of weeks, everybody's going to be celebrating with their families. This is our last podcast before Christmas, and we hope that you all celebrate with your families and also keep um, Christ at the forefront of your mind as you celebrate. Yes, ma'am, absolutely. And uh, as always, we want to close with Deuteronomy thirty-two forty-seven, talking about the words of God's Word in the Bible. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.